Some words in English have irregular plurals. For example, one goose or two geese, or one moose, two moose, or moosin, as I've mentioned before in the archives. There's also one mouse, two mice. Don't even get me started with when we're talking about computer clickers. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'll leave you with this one question. Which one do you think is the correct answer? Mongooses or mongeese? The 1930s were a time of widespread sensationalist journalism and tall tales, both of which frequently contained elements of the paranormal. While numerous examples exist, there is one which stands out to me as being utterly and truly strange. Jeff, the talking mongoose. Hey guys, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. I'm Tina. And I'm Kylie. Kylie, which do you think is the right answer? Mongoose. Trick question. They're actually both correct. Lame. <laughs> so is it Priuses and Prii? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. The Prii are all parked in the corner of the parking lot today. <laughs> um, I just think that's really funny. I was trying to think of a good, like, clever thing to say at the beginning of this episode, and that really seemed like the best one is to uh, try to fuck Kylie up. It's fine. It's fine. Just wait till next week. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. I really... uh. I did a number on Kylie's intro next week, guys. You really have to tune in for that one. Might be the best one I've ever done. Yeah, I think it might be. To fuck me up or... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's great. like, fuck, I'm going to go practice now. Right. Um, so what's up? What's happening in your neck of the woods, Kylie? So you know what we needed the most in this world? Mm. In this house, actually. Mm, I don't think... More dogs? No, but that's close. Okay. A cat? No. Fish? Not a living thing. Turtle? Not a living thing. Okay. What? I'm being sarcastic. Oh. Dead things? Out of all the things! <laughs> you said nothing living, so maybe something dead. I don't know. Out of all the things in this house, you say dead things. We don't have dead things here, okay? Well, okay. I mean, we don't not have dead things. <clears throat> Okay, wait, no, not like dead people. We're not like serial killers. I have like, um, I have like, bones. I have bones and bugs and stuff hanging on my walls right. and stuff. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I'm not talking about that. I don't think I should keep guessing. So I'm, I'm talking about mugs. Mug? Oh, she got a Peter Pan mug. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It's a mug. It's and Peter it's, Pan. it's Ray Dunn. Uh, uh. Yeah. Okay, but it's Peter Pan. But it's Peter Pan. It's pretty cute. Pretty cute. It is. The handle's green. Yes. So that makes it cute. Anything else happening in your neck of the woods? No, just the mug. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to ask what's happening in my Hey, head? what's happening in your world? I fucking got Taylor Swift tickets, y'all! <laughs> I did it! You were like, oh. there were like 2,000 people in front of you earlier today. Uh, there was 10,000 people in front of me at one yeah. point. Um, I sat in the queue, you guys. From before 10 a.m. till after 3 p.m. And I got Taylor Swift tickets. And meanwhile, while I was getting Taylor Swift tickets, I also got other tickets. We got Batman the Orchestra live instrumental version in Chicago at the theater tickets. Nice. Yeah, we got the balcony and stuff. Very exciting. But I got Taylor Swift tickets, y'all. 
about time. Holy. (laughs) It was the most crazy, most suspenseful thing that's ever happened in my whole life. I cried at work due to the stress of waiting in the queue at one point. And then my coworker's like, I never would have taken you for a Taylor Swift fan. I said, do you want to see my Taylor Swift tattoo? And he said, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. (laughs) No, I'm good. You're weird. So um, it's been a big day in my world. So I figured we should do a fun episode to celebrate this fun, wonderful day. Because we all love cryptids here. We love cryptids. And why not talk about the potentially best cryptid there is around town? (laughs) You can't mask that you fucked up with just saying it with an accent. You can't if you try hard enough. (laughs) Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about Jess the Talking Mongoose. Spelled with a G. (laughs) Why does that like, why is that the most important part of this? It's just weird. So Jeff the Talking Mongoose is also referred to as Dolby Spook, which is also just a really cool ass name. Dolby Spook at your service. It might be my favorite cryptid ever because it's just utterly ridiculous. It's it's nonsensical is what it is. It's truly just. Are you already giving it two thumbs down? Oh, no, I believe in Jeff wholeheartedly. It's just the most unbelievable thing on this planet. He's he's one of the wonders of the, the planet. They think wonders of the world. Yeah, how many are there? There's eight, right? So he's the ninth, or is there seven and he's the eighth? There's seven. So he's the eighth great wonder of the world, no. I think. Eight wonders. I'm like thinking of a quote. It's that Stevie Nicks song, right? The, Maybe it's eight. Wait, the seven wonders. Because in American Horror Story, the Yeah, there's many references. Wonders. Isn't it seven? There's references everywhere. There's songs there's, there's so many shows. how many wonders are there in the world i think there's eight what are any of them can you name a wonder no hmm i think i'm gonna go with seven what do you say before i google it i mean i'll just go with eight to be different i guess okay there is seven the great pyramids the hanging gardens the colossus of Rhodes, the lighthouse of alexandria the temple of artemis the statue of zeus at olympia and then mal the Malaceum of halicarnassus and then last, Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Hmm. As he says. So, uh, is Jeff a hoax? Is he a puppet? Is this all ventriloquism? Kylie, with no context other than what you already previously know about the Talking Mongoose story, do you believe in Jeff? I literally have no idea about Jeff the Mongoose at all. Oh. And I didn't even know that he spelled his name with a G. <laughs> So you have to realize I knew absolutely nothing about this. I guess that's true. So do you believe? No, I don't know. Okay. I have no opinion yet. I do. I believe. I believe. All right. I believe. I believe in Jeff. (laughs) Okay, let's get it started. Jeff is also referred to as the talking mongoose, like I said, sometimes Dolby Spook. And he has a bunch of different names. It's because he is not an English cryptid. He is overseas. He's in an area called the Isle of Man. And it is, as we looked up today, the island that is pretty much halfway between Great Britain and Ireland. It's like at the northern points of both them, but like in the middle of the northern points, just floating in the sea. Little island. Just hanging out. Yeah. So this story takes place there. Back in September of 1931. The Irving family, consisting of James Irving, age 58, Margaret Irving, age 54, his wife, and their daughter, Vora. How do you feel about that? I like it. I love it. It's spelled Voyery, but it's pronounced Vora everywhere I've heard. So 
I would have said voyery if I did not look at it. Yeah. But which I kind of like. Voyery I like voyery also. and I like Vora. <laughs> so they're both great. She was 13. Um, now, this family had claimed they heard persistent scratching, rustling and vocal noises behind the farm's house wooden wall panels. Now, I will later explain to you how this house is set up, but I'm going to kind of give you some context now. It's like a pure brick slab looking house. Essentially, so like I said, it's like a big brick slab with like the holes knocked out of it for where windows are. But then on the inside of the house to make it warm, they put wood walls in the house and like wood floor but there's obviously space between the wood and the stone where you would normally put insulation. But back then they didn't have insulation. So I guess more like maybe like straw yeah, or something you'd put. Um, but there's space there. You have to think then. So now there's a space between the outside of your house and the inside where animals could get, which is a big part of this. Animals could live in the walls. So they heard these noises. And they thought it resembled something like um a ferret, but they didn't know what a ferret was. They talked about like a rat type creature, a dog or like a baby before finding out what it was. Cause it a was, baby. Yeah. Like, you know, there was just like cooing noises, high pitched noises, noises that were inconsistent to human speaking. Like it wasn't a human talking. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was noises. So the Irving family, they owned this farm and it's located at Dorlish Cashin of Cashin's Gap near the hamlet of Dalby of Isle Man. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Um, But like I said, it's the little island between the halfway point. The farm wasn't a successful farm and it was set really far back in the countryside. The family had no radio, no phone and no electricity. Their closest neighbors were over a mile away. How common was it to have like electricity and stuff in 1930? I feel like it wasn't. Uh, Yeah. So I feel like that's not like absurd. That wouldn't make or break your life. Okay. The family said the original noises they heard weren't very scary and it sounded like like an animal caught between the walls. They said after a while, though, the sound started to turn into like a knocking and spitting and growling sound from the walls. Spitting sound. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> everyone in their headphones is hating life <laughs> the family believed that this was still just an animal stuck between the wooden walls and the stone house though because again that's the only thing that's making sense james started to lay down traps to try and catch the animal but he was unsuccessful the family eventually decided they would not succeed in catching the creature so they just got used to whatever it was and they named it jack Jack, the creature in the walls. The creature was something that the family had not seen at this point, but they were noticing that whatever it was came out from wherever the sounds were, because while the family was sleeping, this creature would come out and eat their food. And the next day they would like find out and they'd be like, oh, like that Jack came out of the walls. I I don't know. At that point, I would think that it's... um, a pet? A rat. <laughs> yeah, like, well, also, yeah, it's your pet now. Um, the family started leaving out snacks for Jack Jeff, 
Um, at this point, they don't know it's Jeff, though. So Jack and they learned that he loved bacon and chocolate the most. Who doesn't? If you're an unsuccessful farm, are bacon and chocolate really what you have like tons to spare? I yeah, feel like, I feel those like that the cheap thing. Yeah, I feel like those are more luxury items. Yeah, I'd be like, here, you can have this half of a carrot and rotten potato. Like the the heel of the bread. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> Not like here is our maple glazed bacon we have a side of dark chocolate and we actually have a raspberry walnut chestnut chocolate as well on the side it has a drizzle of white chocolate over top jeff jack we hope you love it if not tomorrow we'll try more of a glaze no you're just gonna be like hey carrot eat it <laughs> carrot <laughs> like, the family tried talking to the creature by imitating different animal noises and talking to the walls it didn't really go very far, but they soon learned that after they kept persisting in doing it, Jack, the creature in the walls, was mimicking the noise as if he was trying to reply to them. They started hearing this creature barking, gurgling and making random noises as if the spitting wasn't enough. Now it's gurgling in the walls. Vora took to reciting nursery rhymes and asking the creature to repeat them. And quite quickly, Jack started to pick up the human language and the family began talking to him. Jeff enjoyed singing as much as he enjoyed talking. And his favorite tune was Carolina Moon, which he would sing along to the gramophone in the house. So uh, he was singing and talking from the walls now. It's getting one step up. Okay. Okay. Super realistic still. Mm hmm. Sometimes he would bounce a rubber ball up and down to the tune of the music. Okay. So you also have that fun noise. Mm -hmm. So how much space is in these walls? If he's bouncing balls in there and stuff. How big is he? Where did he get the balls? The family. Oh, they left him balls he's and a pet bacon. At and this point, he's 100% a pet. Jack, tomorrow we'll leave you bacon, balls, and chocolate. <laughs> you better come out of the damn wall. Otherwise, we're not reciting no nursery rhymes to you. I don't know why they're... Hicks. always southern always everything <laughs> he would also sing the manx national anthem several hymns and some fragments of spanish folk songs he's just a world traveler this little jack he's <laughs> the dude. jack of all trades <laughs> if you will <laughs> around november the creature started speaking in clear sentences and he told the family i am an earthbound spirit but then other times he would say i am not a spirit I am a little extra, extra clever mongoose. But then he would also go on to say, I know who I am, but I shan't tell you. I'm a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Does that sound like the voice Jeff would have? Sure. Kind of like, yeah. yeah. Okay. The family then began seeing the creature. He started coming out. So they described it as best as they could. Now, keep in mind, these people have never before seen a ferret or a mongoose or like any of that thing. So they said this creature has tan or gold fur with some spots on it. It looked like a large rat with a long, bushy tail. They said the hands looked strangely human like with pads and fingers, not like the rat, like a claw from a rat. Yeah, that's that's kind of like a little ferret mongoosey thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. OK. Like an overgrown rat, big bushy tail and then little, little padded hands like a raccoon almost. But yeah. they probably don't know what a raccoon is either. They can't say like little raccoon hands. Yeah. 
So yeah, they they were going with that. That was their their like mention of what they said. Then the creature named Jeff introduced himself. He said he is actually named Jeff. He is a weasel. He was born in New Delhi, India in 1852. And here are some of the quotes Jeff would tell the family. How about you take the first one? I am a ghost in the form of a weasel, and I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. I was born near Delhi, India on June 7th, 1852. I have been shot at by Indians. I am a marsh mongoose. I was brought to England from Egypt by a man named Holland. When I was in India, I lived with a tall man who wore a green turban on his head. Then I lived with a deformed man, a hunchback. <laughs> okay. At this point, it's like every nurse, uh, every... No, seriously, like I thought of... Disney book put together. Yeah, I thought of um, Aladdin. I thought of Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And I thought of... Um, like... This just sounds so... What's the other one? It, a little bit of Lion King's mixed in Well, there. and then you got the clanking chains. Is that um, Scrooge McDuck in the oh, Christmas yeah. movie? <laughs> like, okay, so Disney. So Disney. All right. <laughs> All right. It. We got a Disney film in the making here. The Irving family's descriptions of Jeff seemed to shift that sometimes he seemed like a real, like, exactly to a T mongoose. But then other times, like... He sounded more like a spirity sprite type creature and stuff. So although he was supposedly verbally active and sometimes they mentioned he was telekinetic, 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 It's not kit. Telekinetic. Kit. Tick. Telekinetic. Telekinetic. There you go. He was rarely often seen. <laughs> Connecticut. Connecticut. I think we should rename that word to Teleconnecticut. It didn't seem wrong. It's it's um, symbol is a telephone and just a picture of the state. <laughs> That's how you know when someone. Uh, do you think you're Teleconnecticut? Well, where are you from, Maryland? You're not Teleconnecticut. <laughs> You can barely dial to Connecticut. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> Whew. So the family accused Jeff of throwing stones at them, killing rabbits, singing terrible renditions of Home on the Range. Oh, no. Um, also, he would give little speeches, and sometimes he was just fucking rude as hell when he did them. Like, he sounded like an asshole. He would say things like, I've been in nicer homes than this. Carpets, pianos, satin covers on polished tables. I'm going back there. <laughs> then he would sometimes be like, I could kill you all, but I won't. But I could. But I won't. I could, but I won't. I could do it. While I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so he's kind of like um Krampus. He's not just like playful mean, he's, a he's troll. mean. Yeah. He's trolling. He's a little fucker. And for such a tiny size, little motherfucker. Well, uh, do they know that though? Like, have they seen him at this point? Yeah, no, they've. He's he's coming out and hanging out with them. Oh, okay, and he's throwing stones at them and shit. That's not very nice. No, yeah, he's a bully. I wonder if they had like cows or anything, and he's just like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this so big?" <laughs> 
had a dog. Like, they have a dog, first off. I, I'll mention her later. But, like, I'm wondering if they had bigger animals, too, or, like, a donkey. And, it, like, imagine a donkey walking up to Jeff and being like, Hey-haw! Right? And him being like, you said what, motherfucker, like, to what? me? <laughs> I can just imagine him in a little cowboy hat, a little mongoose in a cowboy hat, on top of a... <laughs> All right, guys, we need merch. So uh, anyone wants to uh, draw that for us, so we will sell it. I actually have a funny story about drawing a mongoose. (laughs) I had a friend and I don't know where this joke started, but it it got there from one day. And one day I started talking about a mongoose and I called it a mongoose. And then somehow I said, imagine an astronaut mongoose. And I drew this picture of an astronaut mongoose and I sent it to him and I've had it on my phone since then. It's literally just a real mongoose standing up and I drew a fake little blue helmet on him and I'll just post it on the Instagram. Look out for my mongoose Our photo. mongoose says super mean. I think so. I, I think know. they're mean. I mean, I like ferrets. They're not mean, though. I'll take a ferret. I like the smelly little long Yeah, noodles. like these fuckers fuck up snakes. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, no, they're strong and scary. I forgot. You're right. Okay. Yeah, like all of these pictures that I'm looking at are specifically like going against like king cobras and. Yeah, they're f- mean little fuckers. They'll, they'll fuck up a snake. Maybe he could have just killed the cows. I mean, he was killing rabbits, so. I don't know why, but I imagined him throwing the stones and killing the rabbits by throwing the stones. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm also imagining it's not big stones. I'm sure they're just tiny. And he's just like, like sitting on the counter and he's just like, hey, hey, Laura, hey, Laura, you're not my motherfucker. And then he just like throws a little stone. <laughs> and she's like, Jeff, I'm trying to do my homework. Dad, Jeff's throwing a stone right. at me. <laughs> right. Like This is a goddamn scene at this point. This is Casablanca entities all up in here. <laughs> So Jeff really liked to venture out of the house and go into the town. He would pick up local gossip and come home and tell the family. So that's another thing is he just like walking around on his little hind legs, the town. No one else has seen a mongoose, but no one else is like weirded out by it. And I imagine he walks like I've never seen this movie. So I'm going to. There are two of them. And they walk like this. I hate you so much right now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. What are those? Geese? Are those geese? They're geese. From The Lady and the Tramp? No. No? What's the other thing? The cat movie. Mm-hmm. With cats in it. Uh-huh. There's that hot cat that's in it. Yes. The orange cat's sexy. You got it. Oliver and Company? <laughs> no. That's another one. I don't know. What's it called? The Aristocat. Oh, my God. Yes. That the, movie. The geese go. Um, they're like trying to find the hot cat. Yeah. And don't ask me about my preferences, guys. And he drowns. He was like drowning. because He doesn't know how to swim because he's a cat. Oh, my God. Right? And does he what, die? No, that's what they say. They're, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll swim and we'll get him. And then they come back up because they need to go deeper. And she's like, deeper. And then they go down deeper. And then they find him and he's fine. Maybe I should watch this movie. It's really do weird. need to watch this movie. I still have to watch Wally first. Wally is so good. Um, very different movies. <laughs> very different. I just have a weird life. So in my head, Jeff's now coming home, right? And he's just like, 
So guess what? Mary Taylor is cheating on her husband. <laughs> <laughs> because like he's he's gathering local he's a troll. gossip. Yeah. And he's tiny enough he could get in the windows and just see what shit's happening. Okay. The Irvian Irvians. <laughs> the Irvins started making claims about Jeff and who he was and what he was doing. They said that he would supposedly guard their house and inform them if there was guests approaching or like an unfamiliar dog or like anything like that coming up to the house. So he's a guard goose, guard mon goose. Okay, cool. <laughs> Again, they have a dog, right. so they don't need that. But okay. Again, him riding the dog. I need to see it. They said that if someone had forgotten to put the fire out at night, Jeff would just go down there and stop the stove. Oh, you haven't seen this movie either, but that's in Toy Story. <laughs> they put out the toys, put out the fire. No. Woody rides the dog. Oh. Okay. Thought we were talking about the fire. <laughs> nope. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never seen Toy Story, but I saw a really funny Toy Story tweet the I other can, day. No, no, you don't even get to repeat it. Was it was so funny. Can I How tell do you? you know it was funny? Because, okay, so it was a girl and she said, one time I broke up with this guy and he sent me this meme and her name is Andy. Her name is the girls. And it was the picture of the mom painting over the toy's shoe that says Andy. And she said, that's how I knew our breakup was official. <laughs> Wow. That's funny as shit, though. Mom doesn't paint over, by the way. Oh. Oh. Who does? I'm not telling you that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so they also said Jeff was doing a bunch of other things, like he would just randomly wake people up if they overslept or if a mice got into the house. So is he waking them up? They live in the farm. There's mice all the time. Ah, there's mice in here. And if he's killing the <laughs> rabbit, why isn't he just killing the fucking right. mice? Like you pick and choose your battles. A here, mouse Jeff. is tiny compared to a a rabbit, especially if, if it's a rabbit, not a bunny. Like, and if you're a mongoose and you can fuck up a giant ass snake, you can kill a tiny ass mouse, a countryside mouse, little little house mouse, house mouse, field mouse. Jeff opposedly, opposedly, is that a word? Supposedly, I don't even you think can that's a word. Oppose something, but not supposedly. <laughs> okay, so Jeff supposedly assumed the role of a cat. So sometimes he would try to scare things like the mice and stuff, but he wouldn't try to kill them. He would just scare them. So he's a dumb cat. So he's Sylvester. That's not Tom and Jerry, is it? Yes, it is. Tom's name is Sylvester? Oh, no, it's Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I never knew well, that. It's Sylvester and Tweety. Tweety Bird. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I got the two mixed up for <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> Tom really, and Jerry. I really thought you just taught me that like Tom had a first name and I was like, holy shit, bro. <laughs> His last name is Tom. <laughs> I was like, Sylvester Tom. I don't know what a thought. Okay, it's a long night. Moving on. James thought instead of like just killing all these things nicely that Jeff was going out and strangling rabbits because he never found open wounds, but he found dead animals all the time. So he thought like Jeff is just like this sadistic <laughs> little motherfucker <laughs> with his tiny little hands around a rabbit's neck. 
Why is it so funny? Because we're just picturing this little monk who's like, fuck you. And he can talk, so he's probably like, why are you fucking dying? I will stone you. Okay. <laughs> the Irvins, Irvings said that they would give Jeff things like biscuits, chocolates, bananas, apparently bacon, <laughs> and different food was left for him in a saucer that was suspended from the ceiling, which he would take when no one was watching. That's the only time he would eat. So did he crawl up the side of the wall? I'm confused. I have questions about <laughs> or is it. Was it like hanging low? Could he climb? Was there like, did they build a little ladder? <laughs> I have so many questions. Did he come out of a hole in the wall and just like snatch his food and run? <laughs> um, the Irvings would claim that the mongoose would regularly accompany them on trips to the market, but he would stay off to the side in like hedges and stuff so that people didn't think it was weird. But he would chat with them the whole time. He would just talk nonstop. Just do you see what Mary's buying? Mary, do, me, me, me. Vora, 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 do you see what Mary's buying? Look, look that badass does not need another leak, but she's buying another leak. I bet she's going to put in goddamn soup. This bitch don't need no more soupy chowders. She needs a diet. Man, what do you got against Mary? I don't know. <laughs> the Marys in that town are bitches. I guess so. Um, One time, one time, James decided he wanted to get rid of Jeff. He was oh, over it. No. He's just becoming too much of a nuisance. He's throwing shit at him. He's spitting at him. He won't shut the fuck up. He's just being goddamn annoying and he keeps threatening everyone, right? So he's going to attempt to poison him and kill him. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. So he put out a piece of bread with some rat poison. Well, that was your first. It wasn't bacon. It's not a rat either. <laughs> <laughs> not a rat. So... <laughs> You gotta get that mongoose poison, bro. <laughs> right. You got the wrong poison, Fucking bro. Dumbass. <laughs> so when Jeff ate it, he then screamed nonstop for 20 minutes straight and throwing a temper tantrum. I want Jeff. Was it screaming or was it like <laughs> or was it like like screechy? No, screaming like in pain. Oh, like ah right. Right. 20 minutes. Man's got some vocal cords. Some lungs. And some lungs. Hmm. Okay. When Jeff finally calmed down, he then spent the next hour moping around the house, sighing, moaning, and being upset. I'm just imagining him like throwing himself all over the house, being like, ah, don't mind me. Ah. Right. <sighs> like so dramatic like they needed mini chase lounge for him to toss yeah a fainting lounge yes. for jeff to dramatically throw himself over so the family kept asking jeff to calm down and they were like why are you throwing such a fit finally he replied i did it for the devilment so like the amusement but the devilment did it for the devilment okay i need that like knitted to put above my toilet or something like not knitted a uh, cross stitch or something yeah i need a i did it for the devil mate cross stitch <laughs> with a mongoose face like this so that's our merch the <laughs> mongoose riding the cow with a little cowboy hat on and under it say i do it for the devil mate. but they're not southern they're nope, not southern they're not southern <laughs> 
All right. He can have like a lay on also. So that he's from the island. I don't know. <laughs> so he'll be wearing a Tommy Bahama shirt. Duh. He's from the island. But just because he's from the island doesn't mean it's like that. <laughs> you know that, right? Not all islands are the same. No. Oh, yikes. <laughs> I'm learning more tonight. So the family claimed that in general, Jeff was getting violent and upset all the time after they, you know, tried to attempt to murder him. I wonder why. I wonder why. Most people get upset when you try to, you know, murder, murder them. them. <laughs> right. He started throwing stones at Vora all the time. <laughs> okay. Nothing new here. Probably bigger stones, though. He started peeing in the house. That's not nice. Spitting at the family all the time and just being mean all the time. It's the peeing in the house I can't deal with. You didn't have a pet for a reason. Well, they had a dog, but they had like a dog that pees outside. And now they get this fucking mongoose that's no longer litter trained, apparently. Did they even try to buy him a litter box, though? Did they? <laughs> Do they? Do they have litter boxes at this time? I don't even know. What was he doing before? Was he letting himself in and out? Or was Probably. he telling them, like, hey, James, you, you I know, need I was to using the straight up toilet. Oh, oh, maybe he was. Do you think oh, but they didn't have the electric, so maybe they had an outhouse. Where was he going before? Putting in a little jar and them taking it out? Was he doing it in the walls? <laughs> Here's my pee for the day. I could imagine John <laughs> doing that. Hey, you, you forgot to empty my jar. You can empty my jar. My jar's not empty. Just buy me a backup jar. <laughs> if you don't, I'll feed you the damn jar when you sleep. <laughs> maybe yeah. I won't. Maybe I won't. But maybe I will. Um, then he was doing other things. Uh, so James had to move Vora's bedroom because he was like, Jeff was too close to Vora's bedroom where he would like come out of the wall, I guess. And he was just too aggressive. So they moved her bedroom. But that upset Jeff a lot. He also would not allow James and Margaret to have sex in the home. He would scream out the windows what they were doing for anyone to hear. I mean, their neighbors were a mile away. I was going to say, no one can hear them. But imagine <laughs> James and Margaret going in at it doggy style. Oh, James slipped out. James, that's not the clit. <laughs> Gotta go throw a stone up. Yeah, like how, how specific? Yeah. Yikes. Guess they weren't trying for more kids at that point. Nope. Jeff had a really bad mean streak also, but he would often apologize afterwards. <laughs> but the mean streaks were like really violent. He would say wild ass shit. If you're kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I shall kill all of your poultry. I can get them wherever you put them. So they had chickens, at least. Apparently. <laughs> he would also say, I'm not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I was roused. I could kill you all. But I won't. But I won't. <laughs> it's the, but I won't, but I won't. Every time. <laughs> it's now, the, I, I'm in control. Yeah. Just, but, just letting you know. Yeah. So this one time, Jim was trying to look directly at him. And this is what he had to say. You're looking. Stop looking. Turn your head, you bastard. I cannot stand your eyes. It's, it just makes me think of kids when they're at the table and yes. they're like staring at each other. He's like, like a stubborn. Mom, James is looking at me. I'm not even touching you. Yeah, exactly. I'm not touching you. Yeah. He's a little fucking child. The family was getting so fucking sick of Jeff and his nonsense. Well, no shit. You can't have sex. You can't do shit. Like, I guess Vora could hear what Jeff was yelling, maybe. I guess. Well, yeah. 
but that's about it. I mean, I wouldn't want to hear what my parents are doing in the bedroom. No. So I guess that makes sense. They also didn't like how he was picking on Margaret and Vora so bad. Margaret's the mom, remember? Um, And he was just being straight up rude to James. Then in early 1932, James wrote to a famed psychic researcher named Harry Price, and he detailed everything that Jeff had been doing at this point. And so he invited Harry Price to come visit. Their attempt was to hire Harry, but he was currently working on a different job. So he sent a friend who was willing to investigate called Captain McDonald, but he's sometimes called James Dennis. Okay. So I'm going to call him Dennis because that's like his last name. Whatever. Cool. So uh, Dennis arrived on February 26th and he started to write to Price. He said, on my first day, the Irvins showed me the cracks in the farmhouse walls where they said the mongoose would spy on visitors. I was there till midnight, but the mongoose was silent as I was leaving to go. Of No, not the whole thing. As I was leaving to go, a voice screamed, it was that bloody man. <laughs> Irving gripped my arm. That's the animal. <laughs> I kind of sound Australian. Yeah. Um, no, that was bad. I'm just it's fine. It's it's better than what I was doing. Gremlin. <laughs> Jeff yelled out about the distaste that he had for Dennis because he didn't like that Dennis didn't believe in Jeff. The next afternoon. The captain was taking tea with the family when a large needle suddenly ricocheted off the teapot as if it was thrown across the room. The family remarked that Jeff was always throwing things at us. So they thought nothing of it. A large needle. Okay. I'm wondering if it was like not like a sewing needle, but more of like a crochet needle. So it wasn't like you're not as likely to get hurt, you know, type thing. More attention stealing than. Yeah. Or a knitting needle. The captain later heard shrill screams and knockings all over the house, followed by a really heavy falling item in Vora's room. He ran upstairs to find that the chair that was left on top of Jeff's sanctuary area was pushed onto the floor. So like someone pushed over a chair. Meanwhile, they heard like shrill screaming and knocking all over the house. And this is like a, a dude. Like a random outsider, dude, a third party outsider with no personal interest in the matter. Now, like saying this. That night, Jeff was in the room with Margaret and Vora and Dennis heard them talking. Dennis wanted to try to see Jeff for himself, he said. So he decided he was going to quietly begin. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of so many things right here. He quietly (laughs) began creeping up the stairs. Halfway up, he slipped and fell down the stairs. We all know how that sounds. (laughs) (laughs) He slipped and fell down the stairs and Jeff yelled down, he's coming, the daddy old sleech. 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 Great word. Um, I feel like it's a leech and a slug. (laughs) Yeah, it is. We love talking about people falling down staircases. (laughs) Literally, it's it's the funniest thing. It's the Funniest fucking thing. I'm so sorry, but it is. Okay. Um, I know we talk about that in a lot of episodes. The only one I can think of is the Amber Heard Johnny Depp in the archives. But what was the one just the other day? I don't Falling remember. The staircase. I think we talked about it in the Winchester house, too. Yeah, we talked about it in the Winchester house. I'm pretty sure. This is literally just the other day. 
it wasn't the last episode because that was Jennifer Mori. But what did we do before Jennifer Mori? Spring Hill Jack? I don't feel like that was Maybe it. it was that. I don't know. Recently, we've talked about it and we had a good fucking hoot again. Yep. Talking about goddamn staircases. It's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> How did I get here? It's the express route down. <laughs> um, after the man Dennis left, he was still really intrigued. So in 1935, the captain Dennis guy paid another visit to the Irving house. Once again, he got really frustrated because he would. <laughs> Just came out of nowhere in the middle of the word. Am I boring you? <laughs> or are you boring yourself? I'm boring myself. Once again, he was frustrated because he wanted to attempt to meet Jeff, but it wasn't working out. He did hear him speak and he decided to give a sample of his hair. So later that hair gets tested. So wait, Jeff decided to. Mm-hmm. OK, Jeff's like, yo, here's my hair, diggity dog. <laughs> go. Um, but you can't see me. But here you go. Yeah. So uh, did he hand it to him through like a glory hole in the wall? <laughs> this little tiny hand. <laughs> I love the motion that we keep doing these small little hands because it's our favorite thing. <laughs> um, I'm surprised he's not like, take it, you sleet and get out of my hair. <laughs> So put a pin in it. It'll get it'll get tested later. OK. On July 30th, 1935, the editor of The Listener named Richard S. Lampert. Lambert. What did I say? Lampert. <laughs> <laughs> I made it more difficult than it should have been. Yes. No <laughs> He's known as Rex. And the paranormal investigator, Harry Price, finally. They all went to the Isle of Man to investigate the case. All two of them. I mean, that's not like there were so many more people. <laughs> all two of them. <laughs> Price visited the Irvings and observed double walls of wooden paneling covering the interior rooms of the old stone farmhouse. Like I said, it featured considerable interior airspace between the stone and wood walls. He said it makes the whole house one great speaking tube with walls like soundboards. So by speaking in one of the apertures of the panel, it would be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house. Echoes. Are you trying to describe echoes, kind of? No, it's like... Telephone. Yeah, it's like telephone. You know how, um, like, playgrounds these days have one on one side, one on the other side? Sure. No, I don't... I... Okay. No. It's like telephone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So during that visit, Price did not hear or see from Jeff again. So he had no proof to back up that there was something abnormal about the home. So he just kind of was like, well, okay, thanks for the tour. But then the two men decided to stay for multiple nights. And they couldn't say after that if they were sure if they believed or not, which is always a weird thing. I would rather you just say, no, you don't believe. When you say you aren't sure, it makes me think you do believe, but you don't want to tarnish your name. Mm. So Price and Lambert had left. And right when they did, Jeff reappeared. He told James uh, he had taken a few days holiday. (laughs) And he just refused to perform for Harry Price because he considered him a doubter. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like those doubters. So he did agree 
to do something else. Jeff did. He said he would take plastatine, plastatine impressions with his paws and his teeth. So like little. Kind of like when you like. Clone like models. A, yeah, like when you clone a dick to make a dildo, but he's doing it of his teeth and his. I watched That's na- the example you have. I, I watched Neighbors recently with Zac Efron and they uh-huh. all make the and yes and then James Franco's like no I 3D printed my dick look at that it's the way of the future or you know how they make impressions of your teeth when you go to the orthodontist oh yeah or that <laughs> moving on from that <laughs> so there was another person right there's always more people Nandor Fodor that's a great name that's the most fake ass sounding name. Nandor Fodor. Fodor. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, the tears. Hodor. Yeah. Uh, tears. Okay. So Nandor Fodor. Yep. Fodor. Fodor. Like a four door sedan. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Nandor Fodor. The research officer for the International Institute of Psychical Research. (laughs) He stayed at the family home for a week without seeing or hearing Jeff also. Fodor was heavily influenced by the theories of Freud. So that like went into this and later he became a practicing psychoanalyst. So he's like up there. He's someone well known, right? He pioneered the now popular theory that poltergeists are not disembodied spirits, but they're actually manifestations of conflicts within the subconscious mind. Now, some people thought that Jeff slash Dolby Spook could have been a poltergeist. So that's why this is really like, where does he fit in? That's where. Now, while at the family home for a whole week, so seven days, Fodor interviewed the family and different locals about what they had seen, heard and believed. He learned that many people find the tales of Jeff to be true in that area. Like a lot, like the whole town, like thought Jeff was real. Fodor did not believe it was a deliberate deception that had occurred. And he molded a complex psychological theory to explain Jeff based on a split off part of James's personality. Mm. So I'll, I'll explain that a little better in a minute, but. Price later produced a book called The Haunting of Cation's Gap. Cation's Gap. I forgot how I pronounced it. Sorry. He and Lambert avoided saying if they believed the stories were true and instead decided to report it objectively. This is where they talk about the impressions and the hair and all that, though. The book reports how the hair from the alleged mongoose was sent to Julian Huxley, who sent it to a naturalist named F. Martin Duncan, who then tested it. And at the time when he received the hair, Jeff had told him he pulled it from his eyebrow himself. So he also has eyebrows. Interesting. (laughs) He said the following. I have carefully examined them microscopically and compared them with hairs of known origin. Duncan wrote to Price. As a result, I can very diff definitively no definitively yeah definitely (laughs) i like definitively (laughs) i was like where are the rest of the letters though i'm so confused where they went i'm the one that can't read i can very definitely state that the specimen 
hairs never grew upon a mongoose, nor are they those of a rat, rabbit, hare, squirrel, or other rodent. I am inclined to think that these hairs have probably been taken from a longish-haired dog or dogs. So this Duncan person suspected that the hairs probably came from the Irving sheepdog named Mona, which I will post a picture of Mona on the internet. No. It's not great, but it's the only picture I can find. So, and we all want to look at pics of doggies. He then asked Price to procure a sample of Mona's fur when he visited Cashin's Gap the next time. And an analysis of these two things confirmed he said, your sample on examination is absolutely identical with the alleged mongoose hairs. They came from the same animal, the dog, and not from any mongoose. But didn't they all say that he was gold? Yeah. With spots. Yeah, I'm really confused on what spots means. Also, well, like, but Well, look up like Google mongoose. There's definitely like spots, but sheepdog, mongoose, those aren't the same. No, and also I feel like they're very different textures. Maybe. This sheepdog is kind of golden retrievy looking. Oh, it's not black and white? Not that... To me, it looks... I don't know. It's a black and white photo. Maybe it is black and white. I have to remember now. Fuck. But its hair is like kind of like long and shaggy and straight-ish, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because a sheepdog is usually black and white. I guys, I went to Google this and I typed in Mona the Jeff the dog. That's what I tried to Google here. Sheepdog. Okay. Tell me this isn't like a border collie mix. <laughs> That's Mona. Yeah. That looks like a German Shepherd border collie mix. Maybe they just randomly called dogs that lived on farms sheepdogs. Sheep Because here's what they suspect Jeff to look like. Uh, Yeah, I know what a border collie looks like. But like... But her coloring is more... It looks like there's tri-coloring. Yeah. Or at least gold and a dark brown. It's almost like uh, the coloring of a Rottweiler, but like the body and shape and look of a border collie. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'll post it, but it's a black and white photo. That's the only photo we have. Um, So there's that. I yeah, that's that's like really all I can give you. Um, OK, wait, I found another photo and it does it absolutely zero justice. There's Vora and Mo- 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 Mona. Hmm. It's yeah. OK. Um, So that Kylie has some references. Price then asked Reginald Pocock of the Natural History Museum to evaluate the paw prints that was allegedly made by Jeff in the Plastatine, along with the impressions of the supposed teeth marks. The Plastatine had been supplied by Harry Price left overnight in Jeff's sanctum in his area in Vora's room. He said, it's too damned hard. (laughs) That reminds me of it's too damn hard. Too bad. Grandpa's too hard. The TikTok sound? Okay. Um, Jeff complained at first, but once the plastatine had softened up a bit, he agreed he would do it. He said, it was hard as hell, but I did it. Go and look. Like, he was proud. When looked at, Pocock decided he could not match them to any known animal. 
though he said they could have been conceivably made by a dog. Poor Mona. She's just getting the... Dog hands are very different than mini mongoose hands. Paws. Paws and hands. I'm confused now. Yeah. I'm Okay. Uh, Like how? Have you seen these? Because you can see what it looks like on the internet. I will also post them. To me, they... Okay, so they gave them three samples. They gave them an animal, which I don't know what animal they gave. And then they gave the dog paw print. And then they gave what they think is Jeff. So in the picture, there's three things. And Jeff's the tiniest one. The dog is the bigger one. Jeff does kind of look like a tiny paw, but it it would have had to been like human made. Okay. Interesting. It's It's hard to distinguish what it is, I will say. Now, the diaries of James, along with a bunch of reports about the case, are now in Harry Price's archives in the Senate House Library in the University of London. So he also gave over a bunch of stuff. At this point, the present theory was that the family was playing a really large prank done through ventriloquism. And Fodor decided to negate this. He said... The charge of ventriloquism is best answered by the fact that Jeff has been heard when each member of the family has been alternately eliminated. It is sufficient to spend a day at Doralish Cation to know that. Under their conditions of living, it would be impossible to carry on a ventriloquil. Ventriloquil? Uh huh. Imposition Mm -hmm. over a period of years. Ventriloquial. I think it's quill. Yeah. Okay. Fodor also personally eliminated the idea of Jeff being a poltergeist for three reasons. One, none of them family members were psychic. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Two, Jeff exhibited no truly supernormal powers of knowledge, despite occasionally giving the impression that he did. So like, it's not proven. Number three, Jeff had been seen, photographed, and touched, and he consistently appeared in the guise of a small furry animal. And in this, he differed from James, who would consider Jeff to be a spirit and animal form. So apparently that's how he can't be a poltergeist. I don't know. That one's a little confusing to me because, like, I don't think those three are the only things that would make a poltergeist a poltergeist. I think they just have to be a spirit. Yeah weird if it wasn't a fraud and it's not a poltergeist it's not ventriloquism like what is it right and they thought well maybe jeff is exactly what jeff thinks he is and maybe that's why it's so hard to explain is because he really is an extra extra clever little mongoose fodor thought that he might indeed be like literally just that a talking mongoose because it's the only thing that made logical sense at that point like It makes more sense to believe that than to believe something that you don't even believe in, like that it could be a poltergeist. So he said this. All the probabilities are against it, but all of the evidence is for it. He showed himself as an animal. He had himself photographed as an animal. He has the abnormal hearing, eyesight, and suspiciousness of an animal. Do I believe in him? I have examined the evidence. I have tried all the possible solutions I could think of. None of them answers the case. All the evidence is in the favor of Jeff being a talking animal. I have not seen him. He did not talk to me. 
He claimed to be an animal. I cannot disprove that claim. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds like you believe pretty heavily. I think um, he believes without having the f- like literal physical evidence of seeing. Yeah. It. And to him, seeing is believing. Now, he is pretty much trying as much as possible to say, like, I believe, but I don't believe. Yeah. So then they had some psychic investigators that came out that thought Jeff was a poltergeist or a ghost, but then they were skeptics. They're obviously skeptics, which was including the Isle of Man people, because, you know, they originally believed entirely in it. But then once everyone else started talking about everything, they started to kind of like think like maybe it is a hoax, like maybe Vora created this idea and it's like a like a a a trick in a sense, you know, or like a. um, um, What is it called? Imaginary friend? Yeah, imaginary friend. Okay. Um, There is a theory behind it potentially being an imaginary friend. So we'll get to that one too. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you guys to take your pens out. Hope you did it earlier when we talked about it. (laughs) An Isle of Man examiner reporter wrote that when he caught the girl making noises, her father tried to convince the man that the sound came from somewhere else. So he's like, oh, see, that's Vora making the noises. And then James is being like, no, 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 that's something else. And so they were trying to trick the reporter into thinking it's Jeff. But the reporter's like, no, 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 I knew better. Then, according to Joe Nickel, the researcher, he suspected Vora to use ventriloquism and other uh, tricks. He said the effects were hyped by the family member, family members, reporters in search of a story and credulous paranormalist. So now everyone's kind of turning their back. Everyone's like, yeah. no, nah, it's not real. Like, we haven't had enough evidence. So now it's fake. But then they tried to get another set of evidence. They tried to get some photos. Jeff was reluctant to allow himself to be photographed. But after multiple failed attempts, he eventually agreed to pose for Vora. Take a photo of me like one of your French guys. (laughs) Um, He announced, I will be taken up on the gate up to the road. But sadly, the resulting photographs look kind of like a stuffed animal or like a cat or something or like a piece of just like fur and stuff like that. And they hold really little validity. And it's just like something like I don't even know what to describe it, but it's just something sitting on the edge of the gate. It's not a mongoose. It's also kind of like round. It's not like long, skinny with a bushy tail. Mm -hmm. There was then (laughs) this is this is my favorite part. This is to me like the Ben Franklin of Jersey Devil part. Like this is it all over again. So there was a court case that went all the way to court, like in a courtroom called the Talking Mongoose Court Case. It was in 1936. Lambert took a dude named Sir Cecil Levita to court for saying that he was slandering his name after he alleged that Lambert was unfit to serve on the board of the British Film Institute because he published that article about Jeff. So they legitimately went to court to argue the validity of of Jeff and writing about Jeff and whether that makes you sane or insane. Too insane to be a member of a film club. This sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and you need lawyers and a judge to tell you this. Right. Are we children? Yes. Could you imagine the audacity in that courtroom? Yeah. That's fucking rid- Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. 
By the way, Lambert ended up winning the case. (laughs) (laughs) Then Margaret and Vora ended up living at the home. They lived there till 1945 because James had passed away. They stayed. They reportedly then had to sell the farm at a loss because of the reputation of it being haunted at that point. So in 1946, a man named Leslie, Leslie Graham had bought the farm. Intriguingly, in 1947, this man trapped and killed a strange looking animal that supposedly no one could identify. They said it was not a ferret, a stoat or a weasel, which are all in the mongoose family chain thing. They all kind of look the same. Then the body was displayed by Graham. However, it was black and white and much larger than the famous mongoose story. And it did not look like how Vora Irving had claimed Jeff looked. So then Vora ended up dying in 2005. There was an interview published later in her life before she died. And she claimed that she still maintained Jeff was not a creation of her mind. He was 100% real. And it actually like was something she was bullied for her whole life. And she still believes it to this day. Well, until 2005. The farmhouse was later demolished. In 1970, there was a report in Fate magazine that did track Vora down. That might have been the same one that was the one I was talking about earlier, but I can't remember. They talked to her about her strange childhood experiences, and she proved really reluctant to wanting to discuss her life itself with Jeff. But she said, yes, there was a little animal who talked and did all those other things. He said he was a mongoose. We should call him Jeff. But I do wish that he would have just let us alone. So, like, she's still... She still believed. Um, Like I said, she died in 2005, though. She did try to hide away from a lot of the public eye and like the notoriety it gave her because she was just really sick of trying to all the time tell people that Jeff was real and that it wasn't a hoax. So was Jeff a creature? Was he a myth? Was he a poltergeist? Was he a tulpa? Was it the children playing jokes? Like, what do you think it was? I don't. Or do you believe? Was it a talking mongoose? I don't believe. <gasps> what? <laughs> and it's the it's the paw print mm. for me. It's the paw print for me. It is. So the tulpa idea that I just brought up, I've taught you what it is before, Kylie. Tell me what a tulpa is. It's where something is formed when you have bad thoughts. Right? that's the worst way to describe it but it's not but am i wrong wrong. (laughs) it is when people believe so intensely on something that they will it into existence yeah bad thoughts no (laughs) shut up (laughs) no okay so the tulpa idea would play into was it an imaginary friend that became a tulpa Mm -hmm. so This is a really long quote, and it's pretty much just shitting on James the whole time from start to finish. It's by Fodor. It's from 1952. It's in um, a magazine book thing called Haunted People. And in it, he describes that, like, it could have been that James living on this farm really needed to have an idea. So he created this imaginary friend for Vora. Vora then started believing so much the family all believed they named it Jack. They willed it into existence, creating it a tulpa, creating it as a real creature. Boom. It was imaginary. Now it's real. And maybe that's why it seemed so sketchy. So Kylie's going to read this massive fucking quote. Good luck. <laughs> Go for it. 
James Irving was a man who failed in life and whose many passions were too strong to bear this failure with resignation. As a commercial traveler, originally his horizons were too wide, both physically and mentally, to reconcile himself to the combined and confined life of a sheep and goat farmer in a godforsaken spot where he was constantly struggling against physical starvation. The problem of mental starvation for a man of Irving's intelligence must have been even more serious. There was no way to relieve there was no way to relieve it by conscious means. So his unconscious took care of the job and produced the strange hybrid of Jeff, fitting no category of humans, animals, or ghosts, yet having common features with all of them. Had Irving been a student of psychical is it psychical? Psychical research, the development of Jeff would have proceeded, I believe, on more occult lines. Haha, ha, Kylie fucked up. The word was cabined, not combined. To reckon himself with the cabined and confined life of a sheep. At the very beginning. Cabined. Mm, so weird. <laughs> I didn't even like. I was so excited too, but I didn't want to fuck you up because that was such a long quote. I was like, I'm going to let her have this. But yeah. So essentially, I mean, I get it. essentially, he's saying, yo, James, fuck you and your imagination. Like he's way too intelligent to be living that type of lifestyle. I just love that he just shit on James so hard. He took a giant steaming dump on James's <laughs> life. Fuck, Fodor. Fodor. <laughs> so that's Jeff. Hmm. It's the paw print for me. <laughs> Um, I don't know. The bacon and chocolate really doesn't sell me. I will say that one. I gotta, like, let me look up a mongoose. Paw print? Paw. paw. Oh, the paw itself, to give you an idea. Yes. While she's looking up, I'll let you guys know. My sources, the best one was a book called Jeff the Talking Mongoose, The Eighth Wonder of the World. And uh, there was like a, there's a a whole website from the Isle of Man that has a bunch of, uh, documentations and photos and things that you can use but it's uh out of order so it's kind of like hard to use it because it jumps back and forth a lot but if you can just sit there and distinguish through all of it it's good enough yeah so they're almost like talon like because they're so skinny Mm -hmm. and it's it really is like a hand like there's five quoting fingers and you can tell like there's like very sharp uh, like nails or talons at the end of fingers. Mm-hmm. And it does not look anything like the thing that's in the photo. Interesting. Hmm. Well, that's that. And we'll call it a day. I don't believe. I don't believe. Why? Why do you believe? Because you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I want to will it into existence. <laughs> like you want the tulpa. Yeah. I want it here. So you know what else I want? What? To uh, celebrate the fact that we have a giveaway. A giveaway. A giveaway. A giveaway. A giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good segue, right? A giveaway. A giveaway. Um, hey, guys, what's up? We still have a giveaway going on. We do. And you could be the lucky recipient of the winning prizes of the giveaway. We have um, the coolest ever 
first ever piece of merch from Cryptic Soup Pod. It's a secret. You'll see it when you get it. Yep. But also we have this awesome sticker for you. And guys, we went a little above and beyond with our stickers. You might um, think it's fucking amazing. Because they, they really are, are cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're super cool. They finally came today. We didn't want to spoil the gift of talking about them until they came in case something went wrong. You never know these days. But they are really great. We also have some amazing candles from Strangewick. They are this super small uh, candle company. And I want to say it's in Tennessee. They are awesome. The owner is the sweetest human being ever. And she does all these different themed candles. She does scary movies. She does like TV shows and stuff. Like she has like uh, an American Horror Story themed one. So like each season has its own. She has all the different like kind of horror films you can think of. There are different foods. There's just so many cool things. So the ones that we're going to be doing a giveaway, we thought it would be a really cool concept to do some things that we kind of like that that fit our theme. So we did True Crime and Chill, the candle, which is more of like an autumnal, autumn, autumnal. Is that the word? Autumnal, autumn, autumnal, autumnisk, autumn like. An autumn themed candle. <laughs> yep, there. That's fine too. <laughs> um, and it's like pink. It's kind of like pretty colored. It's adorable. It's a really good scent. That one's Kylie's favorite. But then we thought we gotta kind of do something like almost like a scary movie or like spooky or fun. And it just really this sounds kind of funny, but this makes sense. One of Kylie's and my first ever movie nights was the movie Coraline. So what a better thing to do than have a Coraline themed candle because it's really how this podcast it's came so to be. so cute. It just buttons. made sense. So the candle is called The Other Mother and the the candle has buttons all over it and stuff. Get it? Button eyes, you know, chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Black is traditional, you know. Um, <laughs> and it smells like blueberry cheesecake. It is, I would eat it if Kylie wouldn't tell me not to. I would eat it. I would totally eat it. I tried to eat slime the other day, guys, because I got some Baja Blast scented slime and I wanted to eat it. And my I dad am tell not me to stop. surprised by that at all. Yeah. I have three slimes and one of them is Baja Blast. You might be obsessed with Baja. I am so obsessed. <laughs> so, yeah, this is an amazing collaboration. We love their company and we want to do more with them. So we want to make sure that this first winner gets the coolest prize ever. So merch man it's merch also we're thinking about maybe doing one more prize if it works out we might do one more prize we might bring back the og prize we had of you getting to pick a topic or something you know maybe if we get enough people interested because honestly we loved the topic that was picked last time so it might be fun again to bring that back Yeah, would be fun maybe we'll have to talk about it Post about it. We'll we'll post it. You'll see it. You'll be like, holy shit, I got to pick the shit these bitches talk about. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. We do have a uh, request coming. I think it's the last week of December. We have a requested episode. It's the submarine murder. It's so far away. Uh there's a reason why. Okay. Yeah, the person I talked about it. They don't want to ruin the holiday season by putting this in the middle of the holidays, I said. We're doing the Hart family murders the week of like Thanksgiving. I don't think there's much that ruins things <laughs> in our world. We literally murdered people. But we all do last have Christmas. fun things coming around the corner for Christmas. Yes, we do. So. We have a very merry Christmas episode. 
You guys don't get the joke, but it's there. But it's there. So thank you guys to everyone that's going to be entering the giveaway and that's already entered and everything. We can't wait to have more of you. We're going to make some more posts. So make sure that you're following and you're seeing everything that's happening. Thank you also to everyone that helps make this podcast what it is. All of the friends and family of the podcast really help us out. And it just really makes me happy that you guys are willing to be a part of this team with us. The creative team behind Cryptic Soup is a a big family. So thank you. I panicked so many times. <laughs> I couldn't think of words when I don't know them. <laughs> See, that's why I write everything. I guess. It was stressful. Okay. Do you want to say them, though? Do I? So thank you so much to everyone that is part of the family. Thank you, Damon. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Abby. Everyone that's been helping out. Amanda, all of you guys along the way. You guys are a great help to us. We love you all. Thank you. Don't forget to follow the Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. Also, you can join the Facebook group. We are creating a new one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I created it uh, a long ass time ago, guys. A long ass time ago. But I had it hidden. So it was private. And apparently Facebook hates us all and does not allow you to change anything. When you have a private group, you can't change it back to a public group. Um, If you have a public group, you could change it to private, but not vice versa. So uh, (laughs) more information (laughs) coming on the Facebook group. If you're if you're following that, we will. We'll make a new one. We'll link it. It'll be fine. Um, But yeah, follow that to get further updates on anything we have happening. All of our links can be easily found at crypticsouppod.com as well. Apple podcast reviews and ratings or Spotify ratings are always wonderful. We have a new Apple review rating tonight. It is from Megan. And it said the title is Courtney killed Kurt. (laughs) Just very straightforward. Well, then. (laughs) Um. Uh, I love this person. They are wonderful. They always uh, are a fun, a fun human being to interact with. And they said, this podcast makes me cringe. You guys make me internally scream with the correct answers. (laughs) No, overall, you guys make me laugh. You guys do your research and you sometimes even dumb it down for the stupid people that don't understand something like me. Please don't ever stop (laughs) being you guys. You're the best girls. Oh, love it. Great. Adorable. You're right. We are kind of cringe worthy. Yeah, that's my favorite part. We're a little cringe. That's fine. <laughs> if we were, I don't think we'd be doing it right. We have to be a little bit. Yeah. So, a little so, corny. Yeah. A little corny. So thank you guys. It always means a lot to us and it helps us branch out. So remember to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us. And remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. The talking mungus. <laughs> My name is Gif. My name is Gif. Okay. Um, With like. Are you going crazy again? <laughs> that was the loudest it's ever been. I almost was going to take the headphones off. It was so loud. Oh, well, I don't I, I don't know hear. what that noise was. It was in my ears. What was that? (laughs) 
It was so loud. Is it my watch? 